Limerick Today now on 46 1995. Because I'm seeing figures that are suggesting that Limerick is making some progress against this virus. And yet at the same time, we still seem to be grouped with a number of other counties being warned that we could very soon move to level three restrictions like Dublin. However, the wet pubs are opening today here. Yeah, well, look, I think, first of all, you have to look at the figures on a, on a fortnightly and two-weekly, um, even on a weekly basis. I think it's 53 cases in Limerick in the last in the last seven days, so the numbers are, are still high. Now, I know yesterday was uh, good in the sense that we didn't appear in the first crop of counties, um, but we still had less than five. Um, so it's a long way short of where we were, um, and we, we know where we were in terms of the, the, the number of cases at their peak. But you're right, there's a... Um, on the um, HSC website now, you can look in at your local electoral area. And while um, Limerick has made big improvements, um, there are places that we still need to reduce the numbers. Um, and the only way that we can reduce the numbers uh, is by limiting the number of people that we come in contact with, and certainly outside of our own families. So, so that's the biggest challenge. Um, we've shown before that the virus can be suppressed. And we've shown before that the numbers can go down. Um, and you know, we're going to be in this situation, unfortunately, for, for a period of time until such time as we can get some sort of a vaccine. But even at that, um, the whole reason for doing what we're doing is that our health system doesn't become inundated. Uh, if it does, we won't be able to cope uh, and we won't be able to cope with the flu. And we know that, uh, you know, our health services have particular problems. The Midwest has a very particular problem. So this hasn't been done for the fun of it. It's not been done for, you know to try and just um, look at statistics. This has been done for real health reasons, that if we don't tackle this at a numbers basis, we won't be able to cope with the other health challenges that are coming down the road during the winter. Mm. So as I've said before on your programme, Joe, and thanks for the opportunity to keep saying it, the only way this is going to be suppressed in Limerick is by Limerick people. That's the only way it's going to be suppressed. Now, the experts told us over the last few days that uh, this week is already mapped out. In, in is, other yeah. words, the, the numbers that we're going to hear over the next few days, we can't influence. What we do today will influence next week. So does that That's suggest right. then that uh, the National Public Health Emergency Team won't make a recommendation about Limerick this week because they already have a sense of where it's going? No, it doesn't suggest it at all. It suggests that like, sometimes you, you see numbers that might have been, for instance, um, recorded but not reported, um, carryover numbers. Um, I mean, Donegal was at a very low level there um, a few weeks ago, and now it has jumped to almost top of the table, as has Waterford. Um, now, there are clusters in some of those counties, but the reality is that we won't be able to um, foresee the future um, until we get a, a good handle on the numbers. And you're also at the top of the programme there, you reference um, stage three. Um, like these are not uh, good places for people to, to, to fall into, especially when you're making progress. And I've been on your show before. I think the pubs should be opened. And I think that having them opened today is, you know, demonstrates the progress that can be made um, as a whole of society, because we need to try and normalise uh, the way we go about our lives. We need to try and normalise community. But we won't be able to do that if these numbers keep cre- uh, creeping upwards because our health service just will not be able to cope. And it won't be able to cope with the, the stuff that we have every year, um, either elective surgery uh, or other viruses that uh, pop up every year where people, particularly the old and the vulnerable, need to be hospitalised. So, you know, I know that we've seen pictures on the paper and there's been pictures on Facebook and that circulating of house parties and 
you know, it's not typically, you know, I think when people hear house parties, they think of students at uh, 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning running around the street. That's not necessarily the type of house party that they're talking about. So the only way that this is going to be um, uh, dropped down is by uh, Roland Lynn saying, How many, however many people you met last week, have it. And what Katanish just said, if you can remember the number of times you've washed your hands and you haven't washed them enough. And I know there might be cliches, but they actually are the root of a lot of the uh, spread of this virus. Right. We're chatting to Minister Patrick O'Donovan, the Limerick Finnegal TD, of course. Now, we know that University Hospital Limerick in Dora Doyle had a very challenging week last week. They had to uh, postpone elective surgeries. At one stage, there were 80 people without a bed. Will there be extra specifically targeted resources going into that hospital in the context of COVID-19, but also the winter ahead in general? Yeah, well, there's already been the winter plan has been announced um, in terms of the amount of money that's been got on top of the additional COVID money, which has now gone uh, to farm part of the base of the health service. So within the last couple of months, you've seen upwards of two and a half billion euros extra. And I know that more money has been announced again this morning for the purchase of um, personal protective equipment. So in a lot of cases, it's not a money problem here, Joe, and I know that previously health debates were centred around money and resources. It actually isn't about money and resources at all now. It's about um, a health service that's designed for a population of five and a half million people odd um, that has its own constraints now being strained even further by a disease that nobody foresaw. And this was not in the forecast. This was not in the, um, you know, in the plan. It wasn't in any country's plan. Yeah. And we've, we've seen but, but the other... numbers at UHL have been awful for years. They have, and we know the reason. And uh, I've been on this show with you before several times. When you take out three hospitals and you don't make provision for them, they're going to be awful. Um, and we have started to make provision. And I've also said in this program that you know you can't just arrive overnight and drop in, um, you know, a, a, an accident and emergency unit or um, an, an increase to the amount of cardiac care beds or an increase to the amount of elective beds, all of which have been provided or are being provided uh, at UHL. So, you know, we could go around the world like Methuselah's cat as to who's to blame for this thing. It's a historical issue and we, we are where we are. So we're going to be relying on other hospitals in the region, other um, principal hospitals in the region uh, to help us out and to help each other out. And that includes places like Cork and Waterford. Um, we're a small island at the end of the day, so we have to be able to help each other out. And we can't be just looking at boundaries. But the biggest issue here is that uh, no hospital will be able to cope. Um, and we've seen it in Madrid and Paris and really well-developed health services where they've been inundated. Um, and we've seen it in New York where they, they just can't cope. So we're not going to be immune to this thing. And, you know, I'm sure there's people listening to this rolling their eyes saying, oh, yeah, we heard this before and it never happened. The difference is we're now in the middle of September heading into the flu season. And we know what happens every year in Limerick and Waterford and Dublin and everywhere else. It will be a thousand times worse if we don't suppress this virus. And the only way we can suppress this virus is yeah. by doing what the well, Chief Medical Officer says. OK, Minister. I mean, I mentioned I was in Corrichase yesterday and I think people were doing their best to socially distance and it is possible in a place like that. Um, it's a great asset to have, especially on a sunny day, which it was yesterday. At the same time, when I looked down at the playground, uh, there were, you know, quite a few people, parents and kids, congregating in the playground to the point that certainly we genuinely felt it wouldn't have been safe to go down there. And the thing was, it was clear to us that the people there were trying their best. You know, they thought to themselves, and I understand this totally, well, this is an outdoor environment, the weather is good, you know, the risk is probably 
low. But at the same time, it probably wasn't the safest environment at that specific moment. Yeah, but look, I suppose you could say that about schools as well. And, you know, children have been asked and teachers have been asked and parents have been asked to to exercise um, hand hygiene. So, I mean, everybody that goes, whether it is to a playground or to an outdoor event or, you know, where there's engagement with anybody should have a a bottle of hand sanitizer in the car uh, and some wet wipes or even a bit of uh, clean kitchen roll to clean their hands once they go back to the car. So, I mean... People have to exercise their own uh, personal responsibility as well. The government can't come into your bathroom and wash your hands for you, uh, or they can't tell you how to sneeze or cough into your elbow. So people have to exercise personal responsibility. And, you know, there's an element of that as well. I mean, when you have arrows on the floor in a supermarket and you have people purposefully walking against it, you know, there's a small bit of cop on that people have to exercise too. I mean, Roland Lynn or, or uh, Leo Varadkar, Michal Martin isn't going to come and hold your hand to do everything for you. Um, so we're going to have to be responsible, particularly during the winter. And actually, to be quite honest about it, you'll find children are far more responsible than adults in a lot of these cases. They led the charge, for instance, in recycling uh, with green flags and everything. And I'm sure at school they're being inundated with the amount of information that they're getting about protecting themselves. So, you know, amenities like playgrounds are very important for children's well-being and for, and for their own uh, mental health and for their physical health as well. But parents have to exercise responsibility. Um, and I've been in playgrounds in the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, especially when the weather's fine. Um, and children are going to come in contact with each other. That's an inevitability. Um, you know, you can't say to, to children under five, would you please maintain two metres apart? First of all, they don't know what two metres are. Uh, and secondly, they're used to, you know, carousing with each other. So when they get back to the car, that's when parents have to exercise that bit of responsibility and say, right, show me your hands, I need to clean them. Right. Um, one last thing. And somebody said this to me over the weekend and I had a lot of sympathy with where they were going. They said, Joe, like, we're bored with you going on about this at this stage. You know, we've just kind of had it up to our eyeballs with um, suppress the virus and all of this nonsense. What would you say to that? Well, I'd say, wind back the, the, um, the go, go on to your uh, your phone or go onto your tablet and wind back to newsreels uh, where they ran out of graveyard spaces in New York. Uh, or go back to the newsreels where the Italian government had sent in the army uh, and put people into um, mobilised freezer units because their hospitals couldn't cope with the dead. It wasn't the living dead to cope with it, it was the dead. Uh, or go back to a situation where people were being put into plastic bags and taken straight from a hospital environment and into a grave with no, with no funeral. Um, so if they want to go back there, I mean, it's up to themselves. Uh, I certainly don't want to go back there. I have a vulnerable adult in my own family. Um, you know, we have we have all people in our own families that are vulnerable. Um, so, you know, whether I'm a politician or whether I'm just uh, um, Patrick Public, the reality is that I'm entitled not to get this thing. And in order for me not to get it, I need everybody else around me um, to, to exercise that bit of responsibility. Like, I have people give it out to me, Joe, as to why I've um, decided to do my clinics by Zoom uh, or to do them on the phone. The reality is I could be traipsing all over County Limerick and I could be meeting people in Ballylanders and then going to uh, Capamore and then going to Atay and then going to Abbey Field. All I need is to meet one person um, who has who's asymptomatic um, and ca- I carry it all over the county on a Monday. So I've made the decision a long time ago, for instance, as an individual that I wasn't going to do that. Now, other people haven't done that and that, you know, that's entirely their, their decision. I don't want this disease. I don't want to spread it. Uh, I'm very nervous even about going to Dublin. I make no bones about it. Um, you know, because there's, you know, we've seen the, the rate of infection there. But I don't want the country to be closed down either because people have to make a living. 
Uh, and it's important today, for instance, that the pubs are open. I have a brother, a publican. Uh, he's you know, entitled to be able to make a living. But the rest of the country has to be responsible as well. And no amount of guidance is going to um, you know, substitute for the fact that we all have to do what we have to do. So for those people who are bored or yawning at the fact of, oh, here's Joe Nashon again, I'd ask them to remember those images of New York where they had mass graves or the Italians in uh, Bergamo where they sent in the army to bring out the dead out of hospitals and put them in, frid- and put them in fridges. We don't want that here. Um, we deserve to be able to look after our, our elderly, our vulnerable, um, our neighbours, and give them a bit of dignity. Because as I've said to you before, I hope that we are able to get back to a situation as a community where we're able even to give the dead a decent burial. In rural areas, Joe, you know that it's an integral part of what we are, as it is with the GA, you know, yesterday at the weekend, the great wins that everybody had, being able, not being able to go to a match. Like, I, I couldn't go to the Newcastle West match yesterday. Thousands of other people couldn't go either, um, you know, whether it is camogie or hurling. And people just feel that, like, we need to get back to normal. Okay. But to do that, we can't have people yawning down the phone to John Ash. Right, OK, OK. Thank you very much, Minister of State and Limerick Finnegale TD, Patrick O'Donovan, uh, for that. Uh, his message is it remains in our hands if we want to stay at the very least at level two and not end up in level three by doing all the basics, the hand washing, everything that you're uh, aware of and keeping your contacts as low as possible. Much more to come on the show. Call Limerick today now on 461995.